Hello, and welcome to Cinema Double Takes, a podcast where two movies are paired together in unexpected ways to make some head-turning double features. Except not this episode. <laughs> uh, this episode, we are doing a 10th episode shake-up. Figured every 10 episodes, why not mix it up from our usual formula and do something different? So for this episode, we are going to be doing our favorite 824 movies. We got a top five each, and we also have... 10 honorable mentions each so we got a lot of movies to go through that being said keep in mind these are our lists and uh, if there are movies that aren't on it or you don't like the order a24 has a ton of great movies yeah so and i've only got i think i think i've gone through 34 of their movies and they have definitely way more than that yeah yeah i got like 109 right now i think yeah. so that that's just as of recording so they're always growing there's a lot of options so if you don't like some of our movies, there's more to choose from. Make your own list. Send us suggestions, too, if you have yeah, any. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Email us a list, cinemadoubletakes at gmail.com. We will definitely have a look, and maybe it'll give us some, some podcast ideas. Yeah. So bring it on. And, and with that, do we want to just kick this off? I have been so excited to talk yeah, about same, all these movies. Yeah, same, dude. I, I have so many I want to talk about. So you you can roll it out. Tell me what some right. of yours are. Or I'll yeah, some yeah. yeah. So... I'm going to have an honorable, honorable mention. Okay. I'm bringing this one up because it's not a movie. Okay. Um, I had to give a shout out to Euphoria because Euphoria okay, yeah, is I still awesome. Haven't, I still haven't seen it. I need to watch it yeah. so bad. Yep. So that was like my, you could say that my my 16th thing on this list that yeah. I just felt the need to, to shout out because Euphoria is great. You should definitely check it out. Um, season two, I'm super excited for but yeah yeah I'm, I'm super excited i mean like our friend our shared friend casey is like literally has such a hard on for it so it's I, great i gotta watch it at some point yeah it's it's awesome so had to give that a uh like a quick shout out and with that like to keep the order rolling because i have a feeling i think my number one is going to confuse the hell out of you so i want to have this in an order where it ends with it because i, I just want you to be bewildered by the time we get there okay so with that What's your first honorable mention? Let's get this going. I'm going to go with The Witch. The Witch, okay. That didn't even make my list. Really? Nope. Um, I think it's good. I, I think it's great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think it's good. I, I like Robert Eggers. I think The Lighthouse is significantly better in my eyes. Significantly better. Um, and, and with that, like The Witch to me is just, it's it's solid. That, that's how I, how I feel about it. I know a lot of people love it. And... When I left the theater, my experience was just like, it was, it was a good movie. I thought it was a good movie. I mean, like, obviously it's in my honorable mentions for a reason, but I also didn't want to give too much fare to many directors into my list. I didn't want to give them a little too many. Mm, I see what you're saying, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and with that, like, going on Robert Eggers, too, just real quick, I love his attention to, like, historical accuracy oh, when it yeah. comes to, to dialect and everything. That was something where, like, The Witch almost was too much of that for me. I think that was where The Lighthouse... We'll get to The Lighthouse further on. But The Lighthouse, I think, improved on some of those elements where The Witch, like, almost was a better, like, historical drama than it was a horror film. Yeah, but I, I love how he explores historical themes. Like, yes. it's it's so it's so well done. Yeah, I think he does a great job at it. I just think it, it was, like, for a movie that was also trying to be spooky, yeah. the spooky stuff, like, what 
left me as the scariest part of the movie was that people believed all the things that you were witnessing in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Um, rather than actually the things that I saw. Yeah. Um, like, it was so historically focused that it cut down on some of the the more, like, unsettling elements. The eerie parts of it are, are boiled down to just, like... Yeah. Because I saw this as a portrait of historical, like, hysteria, basically, yeah. rather than, like a cool creepy story but that's why i like it yeah like i appreciate that element but it just it didn't leave a lasting impact for that reason too for me like i, I still like the movie but yeah didn't didn't cut my list um you ready for mine yeah what's yours i, I might as well just stick with the robert eggers theme the lighthouse uh, um we will get there I <laughs> yeah know, we're gonna get there i know there. it's gonna be high on your list yeah i figured i could just get it out of the way right away didn't cut my top five but great film that that is what i'll say i know that we'll have a discussion on it because for sure it's an awesome movie like i i will give it that like it's awesome <laughs> there's a lot of great a24 movies and it just wasn't quite in my top five but it's great we'll, we'll, we'll get there we'll get there we definitely yeah. are going to get there um let's go with uh I, honestly you're you're going to be surprised about this one because i know your feelings on it okay um lambs in my honorable mentions okay. and like I feel like I was a lot more hyped on this movie than, like, any reviewer was, any, like, any person that I saw it with, too. Like, mm-hmm. nobody that I have seen, nobody that I know that has seen it has, like, genuinely liked it very much. But mm. I I love the way that it was made. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautifully shot film. There's a lot of the atmosphere that I think is fantastic. Funny enough, I actually have... My, my rating for that movie has gone down the longer I've been away from it. That's crazy. Um, it, it's 30 minutes too long, is how I feel about it. Like it, It's a movie where I love the atmosphere, love the themes, and, and I don't mind the pacing. However, there's a lot of stretches where I feel like nothing really adds to the story to me and that's my problem with it my only gripe with the movie is honestly the third act like i I can deal with the slow meandering from first act to second act like Mm -hmm. i I can i'm fine with that but just like i don't know sometimes i'm i'm okay with an open-ended ending or 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 what have you i just feel like the the way that they had actually done that didn't interesting didn't do it for me I, I thought the ending was great. I loved the ending. Oh, you see, see like that we're like total, total opposites, opposites with this movie because like I feel like the first few acts really drag and it has great moments interspersed and then it has an awesome ending that I wanted more of. Um, the the thing that I love about this movie is it's so dark. Like it mm-hmm. it feels like it's it's going to be such a depressing film and then like you get Ada in there and like Otta's great. Otta, Otta yeah. just gives you such a joyful experience from the moment she's on the screen. Yeah, I I think like her like effects are amazing. I yeah, think she looks fantastic and she's adorable, but also like the right amount of just uncomfortable because it's yeah. a freak of nature. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's like this shouldn't exist. Um, and and that too is where like I loved where it went. Like yeah, I, like the way it ended, I thought was great. And as a fairy tale. I think it like has a really solid foundation. I just think it's in between stretches of nothingness that don't add to the plot. Maybe somewhat of the atmosphere, but even if you cut down a lot of the movie, if it was like an hour twenty minutes, it I think like it would have like been at least way higher of a score for me. But 
I like the atmosphere. I like Ada. Ada's great. There's a lot of things about it thematically that I, I enjoy. It's just, it's way too long for the story it's telling. I, I do see what you're saying. Like, they could have shortened the film slightly. But, I mean, realistically, my, my main gripe is the ending. Like, mm. I, I like the way that they had led up into the ending. Mm-hmm. And I, I really don't have too much of a gripe with the actual ending itself. It just felt short-lived. Mm-hmm. And for what I had just sat and, and kind of meandered through, mm-hmm. it felt too abrupt for for my taste. Mm. That's why I didn't put it in my top five, because it's it was good. Yeah. It wasn't great. Yeah. Like I it was a movie that when I coming out of the theater, I felt a seven out of ten and it went down to a six. Like I still think it's good. I don't think it's a bad movie. I, I just like as it went along, where I'm like, you know, that was pretty boring. <laughs> like, like that was how I felt about it. Like as I sat and thought more about it, like that was a boring movie that had great things in it. Like and I don't mind slow, but I need there to be things that move stuff along. It can be as slow as it wants, but if I feel that the things that I'm watching aren't adding to the characters or the plot in any way and i felt that there were stretches of that in this movie see and that's and that's where i i like i disagree because i think that the pacing was actually pretty well done and i think the entire first act for as long as it is i think sets in the despair of this these two mm-hmm. who have obviously gone through a hard time trying to bear a child yeah and have had a hard time dealing with their relationship with one another just being basically in the middle of fucking nowhere for yeah for long periods of time to finally when you finally get the child it feels like it's so much more yeah. like you're somewhere grateful so much more grateful for it at that time yes it's the second act where it gets rough really auto shows up and still nothing happens <laughs> and that's the problem <laughs> because like the first act i think the setup of setting up the mood i get it and I think it's necessary. It's that second act where still nothing is happening, even with Otto around. And that, like, is where, like, I think that there could have been chunks of this movie that could be cut. I don't think we're ever going to come to an No, we're not going to cut to an agreement. Because we could talk in circles yeah. about Lamb. Um, <laughs> I don't think it's a bad movie. I, I am shocked it's on your, like, honorable uh, mentions. Because, like, it's just, it's it, like, is nowhere close to my list. It's like, dead. I still don't think it's a bad movie but it's like not even near my top 15 damn yeah well all right with that let me go to my next honorable mention last black man in san francisco i have never seen it it's great this was a movie that i decided to put on my list because there were a handful like it was kind of my like 15th one that i was trying to decide between as i was looking through and i'm trying to figure out like which one of these like should make the list and I figured I should give this one some love because I feel like no one's seen it. <laughs> like I, yeah, definitely have it. It's incredible. I've heard of it. Seen. Yeah, it, it's it's a movie about friendship. Of course, gentrification plays a role. Um, but but the story of this guy who is just doesn't make a lot of money and is desperately trying to get back this family home that his grandfather supposedly built, despite like certain things seeming kind of unlikely about it. But like his grandfather apparently built it. He spent portion of his childhood in this house and is desperately trying to figure out a way to get it. And it's just sort of this like visual poem of this dude and his best friend hanging out in San Francisco, skateboarding around everywhere, 
talking to people that they've grown up with as the city is no longer becoming their city. It's got an incredible score. The score is awesome. Just, it's a movie that I think is incredibly pretty and beautiful, and uh, it, it left a nice impression on me, so I figured I'd show it some love. Yeah, I'll definitely have to add that to my watch list. Yeah. I know there's going to be probably a ton from your side that I haven't seen. Just because we yeah. we obviously are watching different movies. Yeah, yeah, we, we've seen different films from A24, of course. But yeah, that one was one that I felt deserved a recommendation. Just gorgeous visual poem that's sort of just this love letter to friends as they find their their past kind of wil- like wilting away in front of them. Great film. Like, huge fan. Not quite, like, top five, but... As like a experience that's gorgeous to look at and listen to and incredibly funny. It's like more people need to see it. So. Yeah, I'll definitely have to add it. Um, yeah. To continue on, this one, um, this one I put on here more so because I'd say it's one of the first uh, A24 movies that like started to make me think that they're going to do some weirder things. Okay. Um, it was Enemy. Oh, okay. That I, one was like an almost. It was like that one and like Last Black Man was like one of the ones where like Enemy's awesome. I love Enemy. Like I, yeah. I, I, I wouldn't put it on my top five. Mm-hmm. Like it's not that great, but like that one had a lasting impact on me. Like I thought that, yeah. that was a great movie. Yeah, Enemy's awesome. Jake Gyllenhaal is fantastic. Um, I was excited to see him in another Denis film after Prisoners. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, Enemy like isn't on my my list, but it's like practically an honorable mention yeah that's one where like of course like didn't quite make the top 15 but, but it's, it's, it's it could have it yeah. was one of those where like interchangeably could have swapped it out with a handful but yeah that movie's so good i love the surrealism of it the the metaphorical imagery the use of twins and spiders yeah the practical like or not the practical but like the actual effects that they do in the movie are like incredible like just like the spider I don't want to spoil the movie, but, like, the end of the movie with the spider was, like, incredible. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it Like, the way spiders are used in the movie is great. And it's just this this portrait into this man's psyche is basically what the whole film is. And it, it's, it's so eerie. And I, I love the atmosphere. I'm glad that you have it on your list so we can talk yeah. about it. Because I do think it's awesome. Uh, it, it was also one where... It was one of the more unique theater experiences I ever had because I saw it at this little indie theater that was practically a closet. It had like 20 seats in it and the screen was probably like, it's probably like an 80 inch projector screen. Really? It was this tiny little hole in the wall theater. And there was like maybe like three other people in the theater with me. Um, and even 20 seats might be pushing it. It's It's a tiny theater, but it was like, just a cool vibe and uh was one i was excited about because i love jake gyllenhaal and uh denis villeneuve like i had seen prisoners like prisoners so good dude like it's it's still my favorite of his films so good i love prisoners but yeah and enemy though super cool just dark atmospheric film it's kind of a weird one too because like I, i know you said you saw it in theaters but like that was one of those ones where it just like popped up one day. I, I think maybe on it could have been honestly on Netflix or something, but it like appeared and I was like, 
I guess I'll give it a watch, and it was so much better than I anticipated at all because yeah. nobody was talking about it really. I feel like yeah, it's super like under known. <laughs> like no, yeah. many people don't know of it, especially now as like Denis Villeneuve is blowing up as a director with Dune recently. They're like, yeah, this is one of his lesser known projects that he's done, and uh, and it's great. So oh yeah, fantastic. Yeah, let's uh let's move on. Under the skin, honorable mention for me. Did you even have you seen it? I did you, watch you it. You did watch it. Okay, I did watch. I it. see you shaking your head. I, I no, I I like it, but it's not on my it's honorable mentions. Okay, I was just giving you like the it's not on there. It's not on my top five. I did yeah. like it. Like I I don't want to like scoff at it at all. Yeah. Um, really blown away with how many times Scarlett Johansson gets naked in that film. Yeah, like I I didn't even heard of that movie. You're like, how have tell- I not heard of the movie that's yeah, like, okay. naked Yeah, let me like, check this out, right? <laughs> like, I would have um, watched this sooner. It's it's so weird. Like, I, I I love it. I love that it's just, like, her mm-hmm. driving around the entire movie. Like, yeah. very minimal dialogue, but still creepy at the same time. Yeah. So, like, Under the Skin for me is, like, a better enemy in my eyes. Like, like they're very different in terms yeah. of what they're doing thematically and stuff like that. But, like, I like it more than enemy. It's, it's, it's one that, like, it's still that like dark atmospheric vibe um scarlett johansson i think actually gives a fantastic performance as time like she's always shown that she's a great actress but like her role in this she's so like emotionless yeah but pulls it off in a way where you totally believe that she's an alien well this is one of those like with scarlett johansson like i i can't not connect her with marvel nowadays so like watching her in this after previously like last year i watched her in a marriage story Mm -hmm. and like these two roles are so great for her like back to back like perfect character choices for her to play yeah she's she's a pretty great actress that yeah like at this point everyone knows her for marvel but yeah I i think she's fantastic super good at playing this cold very like just mysterious character that makes her threatening because you don't mm-hmm. know anything about her. Uh, the motorcycle dude, yeah. he's great. I love the themes of like basically just exterior beauty being used to lure mm-hmm. people in and how it comes around in the ending. I think the ending is incredible. I love the final sequence of that movie. The imagery in this movie is the coolest part. Like when they go into the actual home and it's just like black, just like darkness all around. Like mm-hmm. that's the best, like those are the best scenes in the movie. Yeah, the, the the first like moment where she lures a guy in and seeing what this void is mm-hmm. and what it does to people. It's, what's so great about the film is it, it has deep, themes about humanity but also if you break down what the story is this is a classic just invasion of the body snatcher Mm -hmm. story that's presented in the most just like cryptic way possible um and it it has this yeah awesome conclusion i I love what it does with its themes at the end also huge shout out to michael levi's score oh my god phenomenal it is um this this was i watched this one two days ago so this one's like super fresh fresh, super fresh on me um one of the things about it is like i like that well yes it does end on like finality Mm -hmm. it is vague in what it's trying to do like it it leaves a lot to the actual viewer to to give their idea on what it is these things these beings are doing on definitely on earth yeah yeah you can definitely 
leave room to interpret it how mm-hmm. you want. Like it has some some clear themes and some ones that are more vague. I don't know if you knew this, but the scenes of her picking up hitchhikers was literally Scarlett Johansson driving around in a van picking up like people off the side of the road. Like, really? Yeah, there, there were hidden cameras um, in, in those sequences where she's pulling over. Like some of them, they hired actors, but bulk of them it's when she's just talking to people she's just randomly she's asking. cruising around in a van and because of just her wig and all that she wasn't just immediately and she known. also wasn't yeah yeah she just wasn't recognized as scarlett johansson out where she was and they had hidden cameras in the van and a lot of those scenes of her like talking to these guys are hidden camera scenes and then once she talked to them and kind of lured them in of course if they were into it they signed a release form and then were willing to be in the like void sequences that's actually incredible yeah it's super cool yeah under the skin is a pretty i'm surprised how many people were down to get naked in a black room and i know just like to surprising do yeah yeah um yeah big fan of the movie what's your next one my next one this one was difficult for me because i almost put this in my top five um but then like i i don't know i just couldn't do it okay. good time it's on my honorable mentions as well. I, I think yeah. it's a fantastic movie. And where where it doesn't... like So this one doesn't give me... It gives me anxiety. Yeah. But it's not the same type of anxiety that I get as Uncut Gems. Okay, so that's where we're different. I think Good Time is better than Uncut Gems. No, no, no. I think oh. Good Time is better oh, okay. than Uncut but, Gems. But, but, the but I'm saying the anxiety is, is mo- okay. a lot easier for me to manage mm. in Good Time than watching Uncut Gems. That's okay. why I think that Uncut Gems to me is like, while it might be their more like acclaimed project, yeah. to me visually and like uh, filming wise, like it, it, it doesn't do it for me in the same way. Yeah, yeah. Good Time's presentation is so good. Like the score in both movies are great, but like mm-hmm. Good Time in particular, like the score to that movie just slaps. <laughs> like yeah, I love the soundtrack and the momentum of the film. I, I love Robert Pattinson. His role is so unhinged and also he's just this like human wrecking ball like everyone he comes in contact with he just (laughs) destroys their life in some way this was the first time i saw a robert pattinson role that actually like blew me away yeah he's he's awesome like now he is now he's like on my upcoming list of like actors that i'm like oh i need to see Mm -hmm. them in that i need to see that yeah he's so good this was the first movie that made me go fuck dude he's really good yeah. So did Uncut Gems not make your honorable mention? No, it did Either. not. Okay, interesting. I, I was totally expecting it to be like a top five for you. No, not um, at all. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, and I also think that anxiety, at least for me, I think it works better in good time. Yeah, same. Um, like I, I, the way I feel about it with like Uncut Gems is that I think that the anxiety happens like halfway through the movie. I think that that's where it starts to get really anxiety inducing mm-hmm. and, and, and intense. And the first half is sort of just seeing him setting up the dominoes before he topples them over where you're seeing him make different bets and things. Yeah. While Good Time, just, this movie starts with all the dominoes toppled over. It's nonstop from the beginning. Yeah, yeah. it it just, from the, like, word go, everything is just going wrong. And he's just, like, constantly trying to, like, fix things and just breaking everything. Fucking up everything in his way, yeah. And and it's great. It, It is insanely fun to watch yeah it's a fun movie i like the grit of it it's grimy pattinson gives an incredible performance also benny safty 
Um, I know yeah. he's one of the directors, but he's great yeah. as the brother. He's uh, he's recently in Licorice, Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza, yeah, I saw that. Very different in that movie, but uh, like good. I'm glad to see like more like him acting more because he's a great actor. Like he's a great director too. But yeah. I'm also a big fan of him as an actor. And uh, it like totally shocked like my wife when I told her after we saw Licorice Pizza that was the guy from Good Time because she was like, oh, like never would have known. She was like, wait, he directed that movie in Uncut Gems and also like. He's, he's not disabled <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's another thing you yeah. gotta talk about I don't not to keep talking about like uncut gems but like I, I see what you might think that that is on my list mm-hmm. it, it is about basketball betting I fucking love <laughs> basketball so it yeah. does it does make sense but like not to like say anything bad about Adam Sandler's performance because I think yeah. that's like uh, all time great but like just the way that movie makes me feel is so bad. Like, okay. like the it gives me visceral chills. Okay. So that's the only reason. I, I think it's a great movie. I can't watch it more than the first time that I've seen it. Interesting. So I love movies that make me feel like garbage. I fucking hate it we, so we, much. We, we've talked about this before, yeah. but like I love a movie that makes me feel bad, <laughs> and uh, and yet still I. I just didn't like it as much. I, I love just the, the freneticness of Good Time more than Uncut Gems. And that Uncut Gems is a movie that I think gets a lot more praise than Good Time because of Adam Sandler. Yeah. Not that his performance is, like, the best, but I think, like, a lot of people were like, holy shit, he can, like, actually act. Yeah. And if you've seen Punch Drunk Love, you already know that he can act. That was, like, my feeling on it. Like, I, I know that Adam Sandler is a capable actor, and it didn't, like change me on like oh wow i can't believe adam sandler can deliver a good performance but that paul thomas anderson that one is like kind of even though it has such a cult following following it is still kind of obscure like yeah in a weird way it's so popular but not popular at all yeah oh totally it just for me it's that like the the cool factor of seeing adam sandler play a more serious role isn't there for me in uncut gems because i've seen him in a serious role before yeah. in a movie that I love. Yeah. So, like, like that was kind of my feelings towards Uncut Gems, where it's like, okay, so you remove the, like, sort of the gimmick of, whoa, Adam Sandler, and you're left with a really great movie still. Like, yeah. It's still a solid movie, but I don't know. It just still didn't have the same from frenetic energy and just, like, exciting nature that Good Time carried from start to finish. Like, that movie just zips by and, uh, like... I don't know. I'm just I'm I'm really into it. And it's a movie that I sing its praises a lot, especially when I hear people talk about Uncut Gems all the time. And it's like, have you seen Good Time? Because yeah, it's better. It is. It is a yeah. great. That's like their. Is that their second movie that they made together? Um, so like like the the Safdie brothers. Safdie brothers. Uh, yes. Yeah, they made like another movie called like, like Heaven Knows What, and it was like a movie about heroin addicts that mm. I heard is actually pretty good, but. Other than that, they made short films, made Heaven Knows What, then Good Time. So, like, it was their second full-length feature. Yeah, that's crazy. I think they nailed it. So, yeah, cool to see. We have a similar honorable mention there. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's going to happen very much, though. Yeah. Um, Next honorable mention for me, Killing of a Sacred Deer. That's that's on my list. Okay, that's up higher for you? Yeah. Okay, I will say this. Out of all the Yorgos films I've seen, it's my favorite. Um yeah I'll, I'll leave it at that we can go there i think it's awesome <laughs> like i think it's it's damn good and we'll we'll, we'll get there if, if you if you want me to bounce off of that i can say on my honorable mentions mm-hmm. is lobster 
Okay, and that's not on my list. And I think I, my my main thing is, is like I loved both of those movies. Yeah. And I really had a difficult time deciding which one I was going yeah. to put on my list. So have you seen the favorite? I haven't seen that. Oh, one. Okay, yeah, because like a lot because it's people, like a three. It's, it's like a three. He's made three H twenty four films. Yeah. yeah, and a lot of people like the favorite is their favorite of theirs. It'd be my second behind Killing of a Sacred Deer. Um, the Lobster though didn't make my list. I it would have been like an all timer great kind of movie if it weren't for the second half. That's how I feel about the Lobster. I think the first half is like ten out of ten perfect, and then it starts to kind of repeat itself. And it's less interesting in the second half for me. I do see what you're saying. Like, I think that the plot alone is fantastic. Like, the mm-hmm. the idea of having to go somewhere, find the love of your life, and if you can't find the love of your life, you turn into the... Yeah. The, I think that's an incredible idea. And the reason that I put it on my honorable mentions is on, honestly because of Colin Farrell. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's so good in it. In every one of... Like, and that's also why Killing of a Sacred Deer is on here. Yeah. Like... His performance in in The Lobster is so lighthearted, but like depressed. Yeah, that I I hadn't seen him like that in a long time. Uh, like his character in The Lobster, you just like want to give him a hug. Yeah, like he just has that kind of vibe. He's great in both movies. Yeah, The, the Lobster is one where like everything that takes place in this hotel. Yeah. I loved it, and then the second half comes around, and it's still like fun. But it it just it doesn't have the same brilliance of that first half where all the the crazy shit is going down and just kind of slows down and doesn't really say much else that the first half didn't. No, I, I definitely agree. I mean, like the 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 force like scenes and stuff like that aren't mm-hmm. as well done, but yeah, it, it still is one of my like all time favorite twenty four movies. Yeah, and that's why I had to put it on here. Like, even if it's not better than like any. Like, I don't even think it would be better than A Good Time or, mm-hmm. like, The Witch or yeah. Enemy so far. But, like, it still is just one of those ones where it's, like, kind of comfort food almost. Yeah. Like, you know, like, comfort yeah. movies. You, yeah. you just go back to it and it's a good one. I do enjoy The Lobster quite a bit. Like, definitely a fan. Killing of a Sacred Deer is my favorite of the three Yorgos films I've seen. Definitely still want to see Dogtooth. That's been on my oh, list. Oh, I've heard that's really good, honestly. I have, too. Yeah, it's on Tubi, apparently. I've been waiting to oh, check it out. Oh, if it's free, I'll check it out, yeah. Yeah, but um, cool. The Lobster will get to Killing of a Sacred Deer. Let me get to my next honorable mention, then. <sighs> we've, uh, we've talked a lot about David Lowry. Okay. And uh, The Green Knight. Yeah, that's on mine as well. It's an honorable mention for you as well. It is, yeah. Yep. So, yeah, The Green Knight, I think we don't have to spend much time <laughs> talking about this movie. Check um, out last week's podcast. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a kick-ass, like, dark fantasy fable that was probably a little mismarketed as, like, some epic Lord of the Rings-like fantasy story, but it's more of this dark fairy tale. It, it's great. It's great, yeah. If you want to hear more, check our po- check the last pod out. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Because we've we talked about it. We've we've talked about it in a couple of podcasts at this point. So yeah. I think it's like I want to say it's good. I love it. Mm-hmm. It didn't make my my top five, but like it's definitely a musty still. Same here. Yeah. So what what's the next one for you then? Uh so the the next one for me was uh, uh green room. Oh, okay. Green room was also another one that could have been interchanged because like I I think green room is 
just a badass. That gory didn't even make your movie. honorable mention. No, it was it was that was one where like Last Black Man in San Francisco had like a handful of movies. Holy shit! I knew that you would probably bring it up. That, that that was the thing. Like there are some movies that I love, and I figured I should give love to a movie that no one has seen. But Green Room is is badass. It it's is so, so fucked, dude. Yeah. It's such a fucked movie. I love that we went from a green night to like green room, but sticking with the green theme. Yeah, god damn, dude. Like, I I love. I, there's so much to say about this movie because of how mm-hmm. fucked up it is. Yeah, the violence in the depiction of like just when people get mangled in this yeah. movie, it looks awful in the best way. Like like yeah. you, you see it and it's just like holy shit, and it's like early on when like Anton Yelchin who uh, went too peace. soon, yeah. When he gets his arm, like, hacked up by a machete, and you see what it looks like, and it's like, good God, that looks awful. And, like, all of the violence in this is so visceral and so intense. Green Room is awesome. It was one of those that was, like, yeah, like I I went ahead and chose something else. being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, and shout out to Patrick Stewart also. So good. Like, I mean, Anton Yeltsin, like, his his role in this movie was fantastic like that this is one of those ones that hurts to watch because like Mm -hmm. i really do think that he would be like a huge huge actor at this point yeah so i don't know i i I couldn't put this one in my top five but i love this film yeah for sure no it's 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 a great movie it's it's definitely one that like didn't make my honorable mentions but easily could have yeah like a handful of these can always kind of be interchanged there's a few that like it rates the same as a lot of the ones i've talked about um so i got four more on my honorable mentions how many more do you have on there uh one two three three more okay cool so we're we're on the, on the right track here so these next four are practically all tied for sixth place for me <laughs> like because like i love all four of these but the order in which i had to put them they didn't make my top five but i i love all of them I'm going to stick with my David Lowry theme. A Ghost Story is an honorable mention. Honorable mention? Yeah. That's incredible. It's on my list. Yeah, yeah. It didn't make the top five. Figured it would probably be it, it had to your be list. On, it had to be on my list. It, like I said, tied for sixth place. After the podcast Yeah. and after sitting with it, I, I moved it up to a 10. Yeah. Oh, it's an absolute 10. I... I the next four movies that I'm about to list are all tens for me. Everything moving forward are ten out of ten. That's for crazy. Me personally, so I love a ghost story. This is another one where we've already talked about the movie at length. Yeah. Um, and we can talk about it more when we get to where it ranks on your list. But yeah, it's an honorable mention. Figured that would probably shock you. That um, is that is pretty so. shocking. Um, I will say the same. Uh, I don't. The one of these is not a ten to me. But it is so fun that I had okay. to give it in my honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, and, and it almost made my top five just because of the amount of fun I had in it. Okay. Uh, but we're going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with one of my tens, which is Midsummer. I really love that movie. Okay. I did not want to give him two of my, like, top five slots. Okay. So I had to make a choice. So you have Midsummer as an honorable mention? Yes. Same here. Yep. I, 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 yep. love, I love almost every part of this movie. Yep. I fucking have the the director's cut. Same here. Which the director's yeah. cut is it's better. So much better. Like it, it's it's a huge improvement. And I it was already a ten film for me yeah. when I saw it originally and it just expanded on it. So 
Yes, another one tied for sixth place for me. Dude, the, Midsummer's awesome. The costume designs, the set pieces, the entire world building that he does, like the like even like the the opening setup to get them to the actual yeah. Midsummer, like every part of this movie is so methodically crafted oh, yeah. that it hurts me to not put it in my top five. Yeah. But I'm mean, still he's he's gonna get credit later on. Yeah, my, it was the other one. it was one of those movies for me that like yeah like just it was also painful to not put it on the top five. Yeah. Um, but there were just a few others that yeah. like I, I had to I had to put on there and it bumped it out. But beautifully shot. It's the cinematography is incredible. The score is beautiful. I love. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this term before. Um, diegetics. No. I so so diegetics is basically just the use of sound and if something is diegetic it's sound that is taking place in the world. Oh, okay. And so if it's non-diegetic it's like the musical score. Okay. And what this film does such a phenomenal job at is playing with your head on what sounds you're hearing are instruments that are playing around in mm. the village and what is the score. Yeah. And I love that it kind of fades in and out of that, like what is it blurs the lines. And by doing it, it like adds to that sensation of like you feeling like you're tripping. And also the visuals for those like those like, acid trips. Those, yeah, those those hallucinatory trips. So perfectly done. And and then the way it fuses in that like is that music playing in my head or is it playing out in reality i think is awesome i love the way that's done in this film i have a i have a couple of people that i work with who genuinely hate this movie <laughs> like genuinely do not like any part of this movie wow which is insane to me because when i saw this in theaters when i left the theaters i was blown away with what i had just watched yeah. like like Every single part was perfectly thought through and like all of like the there's so many brutal elements throughout this film and like the way that they like I'm trying to be as spoiler friendly mm -hmm. as possible but like the fucking deaths in this movie yeah. are so goddamn brutal. Yeah. <laughs> like, One thing that this movie doesn't get credit for either though is that I think it's really fucking funny. Oh, it's I think super the movie's funny. hilarious. Yeah, I think it's a genuinely funny movie that like perfectly walks that line of unease and, uh -huh. and humor, like where it like can lean into that side of like, oh, this is disturbing, but also like it's kind of a punchline, and it does that throughout the film in great ways. But uh, that's like Ari Aster as a whole, man. This this yeah. he's got a fucked up brain, like straight in the best way possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I I'm a fan of his. I know that we'll be talking about another one of his movies for sure. I know that you. De it's definitely not on your it, list. It is not on my <laughs> list. Um, and we'll 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 get there. But yeah. Um, I still, though, am a fan of him. His short films, I've seen most of them, if not all of them. Because um, strange thing about the Johnsons... That's the only one I've seen, the short film from him. He's got a great one called um, Munchausen that sort of plays like the opening sequence to Up, but it's about a mother poisoning her son so he doesn't go to college. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that perfectly like fucked up sensibility that yeah. he has where it's like... Playing it like it's sentimental and sweet, but you're watching Munchausen by proxy syndrome take yeah. place. It, like it's it's super dark and and warped, but still very funny because of the way it's presented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Midsummer's awesome. It was hard not to put it on my list, uh, on my top five. But 
You know, there were just a few. That, yeah, some some can't make the cut. Yeah, so I got two more honorable mentions. I'm making sure as we're like overlapping here. Yeah, I got two more. You so. got two more. Okay. Um, there's one that I think that might be on your list, so I, I might save that one for next one. Next one up right now, Room. I didn't even put that on my okay. honorable mentions. I have seen that movie, mm-hmm. and I do like that movie. I very much so almost put it on my honorable mentions, just because of uh, Brie Larson's. I, I think Room is a masterpiece. It's it's a movie that is emotionally draining. Mm-hmm. It, it is like an exhausting watch, but damn, is it good? Like that, that's how I feel about yeah, it. Yeah, it's super powerful, especially like something that's taking place in in one spot the entire time for it to be as compelling as it is i mean obviously like the story alone is like heavy super heavy (laughs) and like when you get out of that movie you're just like you're happy sad like all of your emotions all at once yep yeah it's it's a movie that like yeah you you get all sorts of feelings i have such a vivid memory of my theater experience with it which was just basically like two hours of crying yeah it's so sad like i i like felt like even with the uplifting moments those made me cry so it was a movie that just like by the time it ended it just like i was drained yeah but it it was like exceptional performances across the board brie larson regardless of how you feel about her as a person she, she deserved that award yeah, for, for, sure. for her performance. She killed it. Jacob Tremblay was amazing in it. I, I, I thought the movie just is... It's a its a devastating, powerful film. Didn't quite make my top five. Be, almost because it's like... It's a hard one to, to go back to. Yeah, I've only seen it the once. And, I, and you know, maybe I will watch it again someday. But, like, it, that movie put me in a, a dark place thinking mm-hmm. about the after, like the actual world itself. Yeah. Yeah, hard one to go back to, but I think it's phenomenal. Great experience. Yeah. All right, what's, what's next up on your list? Under the Silver Lake. Ooh, we'll get there. See, and I fig- <laughs> I figured it would be, so. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's yeah, we'll talk about it. Okay. Um, yeah, Under the Silver Lake, I'm a fan. That, that's that's it, what I'll say. It almost, made my, it almost made the cut. Yeah. Uh, I had to stop myself from doing too much recency bias, mm-hmm. so... Fair enough, and and here's the here's my my final honorable mention, which I also feel like we might have a similar thing go down. I could be wrong. Maybe it's an honorable mention. We'll see. But eighth grade, it's on the list, man. It's on the list. Okay, yep. So that my my last honorable mention was eighth grade. Love it. The the last four that I've listed off, like I said, they are all like number six. They're all ones that I'm like, oh shit, I want to put it on my top <laughs> yep. five, but I can't. Um, Bo Burnham did something incredible with this film. It's so heartwarming and real. I'll wait to yeah. you, for you to get to it, but we are finally at the point. Unless you have one more honorable. Well, mention. yeah, add one more. You have one more honorable mention. Okay, let's which, do I, this. which I think this would be. I'm I'm assuming that this is on your list. Okay, first reformed. It is not on my list. Really, it, it's not on here. Yeah, not even on. The it, it's another one. So, okay. Last Black Man in San Francisco took the place of Green Room, Enemy, um, and First Reform. Oh, my like, God. It was one that I picked simply because I know that those three are a little more 
No. This is. I'm sorry to say that this is Paul Schrader's best film, and like that's gonna piss a lot of people <laughs> off. I know a lot of people really love like Taxi Driver, and like you see, I prefer Taxi Driver. I, see, I don't like the directing in this movie is him at his best. Oh, it's incredibly well done. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a great film. It just didn't make my, my honorable mentions. I'm, I'm also a sucker for, like, a 4 by 3 aspect ratio. <laughs> yeah. Like, a fu- I'm a little fucking sucker for it. Like, if they do it, and they do it well, it, oh, it's so good. Yeah. And then, there's so many scenes of this movie um, that, like, visually were just stunning. Like, the way that he would, like, the way that he would shoot the actual outside of the church was fantastic yeah. from different angles. There was one scene in this movie where uh, Ethan Hawke is like laying down, and then yeah, uh, yeah. they like you know the, the craziness. Some in, great cinematography. That in cinematography this film. alone yeah. blew my mind. And Ethan Hawke, I love Ethan Hawke. Oh, he he's amazing. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah, it, it's his best performance. It okay. Like if I had a top twenty, if, if I was able to extend it, like, I get it in there. And, and here's the thing. These honorable mentions aren't even like in an order. Like, like first reformed for me, the rating I gave it, I gave it a nine, and almost like all of my honorable mentions except for the last four I just listed were all nines. Yeah. So that was where it was like, I, I didn't know what to do because it was kind of like I, I what, what do I bring up? And I figured as long as you had seen the movie, you'd probably mention it. So like, yeah. some of those that I tried to have some wiggle room. So that I uh, like could still talk about the movie without yeah. having to put it on my list because it's awesome. I haven't seen Mishima, I think is what it's called, uh, A Life in Four Chapters, which apparently it's a Paul Schrader film that huh. apparently is phenomenal. Yeah, I haven't seen that. It's it's on my watch list, but like it's it's one that I want to see. I do prefer Taxi Driver over First Reformed. Um, yeah, I, yeah I'm, I'm a huge Taxi Driver fan. I though. like Taxi. I'm not trying to shit on Taxi Driver. I just like. I it, this okay. This movie feels like a taxi driver formula. Like mm-hmm. obviously, it is like same same formula, different movie. But I think in this movie, the di- directorial style to me is handled and executed a lot better. Um, okay. And then like, I love. I truly love the ending of this movie because this is another reason yeah. why people might not like this movie as much as they would like Taxi Driver. It, the conclusion it's very vague it's very vague yeah I, I'm a fan of the ending of this movie as well I think the ending of this movie is great I think Ethan Hawke gives an incredible performance if anything if there's a criticism that I have of this movie is that it kind of is Taxi Driver yeah it kind of like, is like, like, that's like kind of a thing where like I know that some people just feel like like you that they just he improved on it and for me yeah. I don't know if I felt like he improved on it as much as he just like continued kind of the, the the elements of Taxi Driver. I like the the New York 70s grit of Taxi Driver so much. No, and I I love Taxi Driver. I just think I mean like honestly, if you add anything into a religious context for me that's going to be like questioning and asking mm. about God, um I I love those styles of films and I also love open-ended movies like Yeah. Plus you you add that on with beautiful directing and then the excellent performance of Ethan Hawke like it was so hard for me not to use recency bias and put this on yeah, my top five. I can see that. But, you know, a it, it, great movie. And it's, it, I, like, I've just been sitting here thinking about it the past four days after seeing it, or, you know? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it's one that sticks with you for sure. Yeah. And it's it's a great film. It would be in my top 20 if I could expand my honorable mentions further out along with Enemy and Green Room. So, yeah, I, I will not disagree with you on that it's a great film. Just 
didn't make my my cut and and with that too i bet you're probably i'm hoping you're pretty confused as to what my top five is going to be i am confused yes because <laughs> i've listed off probably a handful that you assume that we're going to be on there there's there's at least one saving grace of one or two movies that i think uh you haven't gotten off of my bingo card yet on what okay. i think what i think would be on your top five okay yeah uh, i think uh are we ready to do this we're yeah. ready to get into the top five yeah i'm ready all right so on to the top five what is your number five i'll let you kick it off eighth grade it's great. Okay, great. Yeah, let, let, let's get into it because I already had it as an honorable mention. Now, this one, this was not, I had to really be like, because like, I've gone through like at least like nine to ten A24 movies mm -hmm. in preparation for this, just wanting to like watch the back catalog ones that I had never seen. Uh, I love Bo Burnham. I've loved like pretty much every one of his comedy specials he's ever made. Yeah. Um, and I was like afraid to watch Eighth Grade. Mainly because of like the topics like it was touching on, but yeah. also because I didn't want to be like, "Fuck, man, I don't like a Bo Burnham thing." You know yeah. what I mean? Uh, I was blown away with how he portrays like life for kids nowadays. Mm -hmm. That movie made me like so sad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it it feels so real. It, it's a movie that it can it's it's simultaneously like heartwarming and also like you feel sad because it's like. It can pull you into some of those like anxiety feelings that yeah. you had when you were that age. Well, dude, like the like there's the pool scene mm -hmm. alone like gives me so much crippling anxiety mm -hmm. for her to watch her have to experience that. Like her just not feeling comfortable around anybody. Yeah. Just kills you. And then like when she finally does start to like feel like she was closer with other people, it's like there's always something looming around that's going to make it worse. Yeah. Just being in the eighth grade fucking sucks. Yeah, it's it's a film that feels very honest. I like that like it it's not afraid to have some darker moments. Yeah. The the, the scene of her in a car. Oh my god. I won't say any more to avoid spoilers, but that scene is so intense mm -hmm. and so scary. Um, and the film knows not to take things too far. Yeah. But it, it still shows with this age of the situations that just being naive can bring you into some areas that you really don't want to be in. And, and I thought the movie handles it beautifully. Yeah, there's not a lot that can be said about, like, what the internet is doing to warp people's brains. Like, obviously, mm -hmm. like, I I'm 25 at this point, so I'm not as hooked on instagrams twitter like i like i love mm. that stuff like i like yeah. looking at it but it's not my entire world at yeah. this point um but if you're literally born and ingrained with that to be like everything that's so bad for your mental health and especially yeah. for somebody that has literally no friends it's like this movie captures what it's like for her so well yeah yeah i i think it's it's phenomenally done and it's still very sweet at the end of the day. Yeah. I love how it ends. Um, I, I, I mention this consistently with a lot of these, and I'll continue to, especially as I get further into, like, my top five, but the score is great. Yeah, it, it is. Like, it has a great score to it, this sort of electronic bumping yeah. beat that fits kind of this bubbly vibe, despite that there are some unpleasant moments that happen during this time period. Yeah, I, I love the movie. It tied for number six along with a handful of other it, films, it's but. it's super moving uh also super funny yeah. just super lighthearted, but also like 
uh, really topical. It, just, it feels really good to watch. Yeah. One last point I'll make about eighth grade, which is something that we've brought up consistently at various points out the podcast. Fuck the rating system. I hate that this movie's rated R. Yeah. It, it upsets me because it's it's a perfect film for eighth graders. Yeah. And yeah, it got yeah. an R rating because it the kids say fuck too much. Yeah. It's like every eighth grader is saying fuck all the time and hearing Just it all the time. Just not when they're not in front of their parents. Yeah. So like it's funny to me that like this gets an R rating for words that eighth graders literally use. They're they're the subject of the film. Yeah. And there was a time, I don't know if you knew about this, when, when the movie was playing theatrically, Bill Burnham actually had a day where it was like anyone who was in the 8th grade was able to get into the movie for free. Oh, really? Yeah. The only like real negative is that like you still have to have, like, have to an bring adult a parent, accompaniment. Yeah. Like, and maybe he waived it or something, but like technically like if it's restricted, you still have to bring in adults. It's like, this is a movie that was made for 8th graders. It's made for adults who have also been 8th graders too, yeah. but like... It's it's a film that that's definitely something that I think you could show someone that age and it would be a comforting thing for them because it's you're not alone. Yeah, like that's what this movie is, and it, it's wonderful for that. And it's so frustrating that our rating system made it where you have to be 17 years or older to see it. Just to say a swear, yeah. Yeah, I um, know. But yeah, that, that last little like rant, but phenomenal movie. You ready for my number five? I'm ready. This is where the rest of my list is going to be a complete mystery because my number five is Under the Silver Lake. I love it. Um, Under the Silver Lake is so good. I, uh, I, I'm i a huge fan of it. I like it more than It Follows. Um, it Follows isn't an A24 film. Yeah, but... but I prefer it over It Follows. I, I love this movie. It's this crazed adventure trip of a film that the way I've described it is it's a pop art epic it's a movie about pop culture and and putting in all of these pop culture weirdness and iconography it's filmmaking techniques it's comic booky color palette mm-hmm. um, i love that it has a spider-man joke in it yep that spider-man joke is fantastic um just my feelings towards this movie and, and also its underlying message which yeah. works so well because it's a movie about a, a complete loser who, who is literally on the verge of losing his house, doesn't have a job, and is deliberately tracking down a woman that he met once that he's obsessing over and trying to solve conspiracy theory clues in pop culture that, like, he finds stuff. And that's what I love about the movie is that you go on this crazy adventure as he starts to uncover weirder and weirder shit. But also the, the movie has this big, like, middle finger to him and to the audience yeah. who's trying to solve these puzzles that it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and I love that about the film. The movie's so fun from start to finish. It's weird to me because, like, when I was looking at movies to watch for A24, I had never fucking heard of this movie. This movie got swept under the rug. Like, mm-hmm. no, nobody knows about this movie. But it's so fun. Like, Andrew yeah. Garfield has one of his best performances to date. Mm-hmm. And, like... Just when you think the movie can't get crazier, it fucking steps it up. It just like steps on the gas and says, "No, we're doing, we're we're doing this. We're fully doing this." Mm-hmm. Yeah, the film like just commits to all of its conspiracy theories, all these things that he uncovers. The the thing that's awesome about the movie too is that there are clues and things to decode yeah. hidden throughout the entire film. 
and they can be decoded and people have done it and you can see all of the layers that you can peel back of like what this movie's hiding and things to uncover and they all don't matter yeah which is so funny because like there's like a running code with animal heads yeah like pictures of animals and like you see like shirts that people are wearing and they have like these animal heads and like like a shirt and if you decode it it just says beware the dog killer which is something you've already seen like you can go through the motions of trying to figure out what the codes are and, and i just love that like fun where it's this movie that is sort of a love letter and a complete like just de- degradation of this pop culture obsession mentality that we have especially in the internet age mm-hmm. um andrew garfield kills it i love that he is just a piece of shit. He is such a piece of shit that there, there's one scene in this movie. I can say this without spoiling. It's not really a spoiler. He beats the shit out of these kids. I love that like, scene. Beats them so hard. Like, yeah. I, like when he's when he fucking hits this kid in the face. I was like, what the fuck? And then he just starts like fucking kicking the other kid. I'm just like, what? That scene is so satisfying though because like you like yes he's a dick but also like the kids are being shitty and i was like totally rooting to like have a scene where you can actually see a character who's enough of a (laughs) dirtbag to to do that to like these hooligan kids and like instead of like being like oh you kids like yeah i'm just gonna beat the shit out of them (laughs) it's so funny i I, yeah his character i i also love too that like he gets sprayed by a skunk early on so like he literally stinks yeah i I liked that all like any room he's in everyone's like what's that smell because he's he's just pathetic yeah. and, and i love that about his character um it's just a trip of a film it's, it's a wild ride from start to finish and it's fun it's yeah. it's a very fun movie i love the like classic hollywood feeling score um, yeah some of the like noir moodiness that it plays and then like when you get some of the bigger payoffs near the end it has like these like cathartic songs yeah despite the fact that like yeah like the thing that he finds is like it's interesting because you get the payoff but also like the the music accompaniment as if it's supposed to be this huge thing but this character is searching for someone he doesn't even know the the payoffs in this movie are really well deserved after yeah. how long you wait but then it's also like 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 you said like a middle finger to the audience for yeah. like <laughs> for, for like trying to like uncover it yeah. with them because like it, it doesn't mean shit i do love my favorite scene in the whole film without going too much into it involves finding the source of the song yeah that's an incredible scene that is my favorite scene in the movie i love that scene that scene is so good but but there's so many great moments in the film it's this yeah this pop art epic the whole movie feels like looks like a comic book and just does all these different classic filmmaking techniques and references old cinema and all of these things that you can just piece together to be this big portrait of like pop culture obsession this is one that i think will end up being a cult classic at some point like it's already gaining traction but like i think realistically just for the premise alone and how joyful it is it's got to be up there someday yeah absolutely and andrew garfield is continuing to get more and more attention and praise as he deserves yeah Um, i've been a fan of his for a while so i love this movie just I, I love how much there is to pick apart and just how much detail is packed into it just a total blast so, no for sure yeah, my that's my number five. Oh, let's go for my number four i'm gonna go yeah. with hereditary okay I, I'm, I'm ready to talk about this one now i i know that you aren't as 
uh, on to this movie is that, like you know it, it doesn't do it for you as much yeah. as it does for me. Um, I had to pick I had to pick one of his films mm-hmm. for my top five, and I almost did Midsummer like I, I yeah. really did, but genuinely without spoiling the movie, the one scene in Hereditary did so much for my my viewing experience. Mm-hmm. That I know that you think is kind of a cop out. Like, yeah. I think it was so incredible. It's like such a gut punch. I've never felt that in a movie to that same degree. I won't disagree with you about that scene. That scene is awesome. The rest of the movie felt so standard to me in terms of plot. I, I think the plot is so like, I've seen this movie before. I think it's presented incredibly well. But I left feeling like, okay, so it's got one incredible scene some solid performances and a story involving cults that really felt familiar like i see what you're saying but like i mean realistically i I do see what you're saying about the plot like the plot itself is nothing too crazy like you could scoff at that all you want Mm -hmm. but where this movie really shines for me is for the visuals especially towards the end of the movie there's one specific visual that like I think about on a daily basis. Oh man, I, I want to know what this visual is. Uh, like, is there a way that you could hint at it? Without uh, being overly spoiled. All I can say is fire. That's all I can say. Okay, okay. That that, yeah. that scene alone is maybe that's like obviously top five for this, but like top five viewing experiences okay. ever is seeing that scene. Like yeah. I, every time I rewatch this movie, it brings a joy to my face. Um, <laughs> And, and this movie is, you know, kind of a, a, a quote-unquote horror film, mm-hmm. even though it's not a horror film. It's it's one of those movies where A24 is like, you know, we're going to lean in and market this as this, but it's yeah. not this. Um, Ari Aster continues to make movies about families that are really compelling. Yeah. Th- that's the thing, too, though, is that, like, the family drama is the best part of this movie. And when it becomes more of a horror film it's just nothing to me like, I, I like, that's see what my you're problem saying. but like it, it's a movie that like i see hints of like i wish that there was no supernatural cult element to this film because if it were just a, an incredibly like over the top aggressive family drama I, I probably would have loved it but but then it starts to go down this trajectory of these cult elements that just felt so by the numbers that by the time it was over, it was like, so this movie everyone's like talking about, like I felt everything that was going to happen. Like, like it, that's how see, it felt and, that, and I see where you're coming from where you don't like that. I, I genuinely thought that this was a fresh take on that type of film. Like, yes, okay. it, it did do the paint by numbers for certain aspects, but I think it was like a new coat of paint on this style of film. And then like, I don't know, man, like Tony Collette just fucking kills it. Like there's so many in te- like tense scenes mm-hmm. of her just like fucking so angry at her kid that it's like, I think about them regularly. Like okay. I, that's yeah. why I had to put this yeah. movie in my top five. D- Tony Collette, I will say unbelievable in the movie. Yeah. Sh- she's incredible. Um, as you mentioned, like 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 the, the like new coat of paint. For me, it's a clear gloss, <laughs> but like like it, it's 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 shiny, <laughs> but it's the same. 
Like, that's how I feel about it. Like, like oh, yeah, you made it shine, but but I still see the old paint. I, I see what you... Like, I can yeah. see what you're saying, but I, I think it changes my it changes my take on it. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I, I, I get why people love it to a certain degree. I, I just... I'm a big horror fan. I don't know if that no, makes yeah. a difference. Like, I, I... With all the horror films I've seen, when I left the theater, I'm like, so... What... Like what? What was so like shaking about this? Because like I, it had a great scene, and so some of the moments following it involved the family drama. I was into, and and, and Tony Collette's performance and and the way it looks. But yeah, like just it had some things near the end, especially the ending, that felt really by the numbers, really by the book, and. Even some things that it was doing to try to be disturbing that didn't provide enough context that made it come across rather silly. And I won't spoil it, but the film's use of nudity. Yeah. The nudity that happens, especially near the end of the movie, it's so unexplained that it felt like it was just there to be like, oh, are you unsettled by the nudity? And I understand. I I see that because I've seen, you know, like the, I don't know, fucking whatever paranormal activity it was, but... They kind of have a similar thing uh, in that movie. So, you know, it is something that is typical of a movie like this. Yeah. But I'm fine with that. Like, I'm I'm completely fine with that. Fair enough. Yeah. I'm glad that was your number four because it's a nice transition to my number four. Okay. It's a movie I know you haven't seen. And, and I'm hoping I can convince you to watch it. We'll see if when you end up seeing it, how you'll feel about it. But my okay. number four is The Black Coat's Daughter. I've also heard of that one. The Black Coat's Daughter for me is everything that I wanted Hereditary to be. Um, it's it's a very moody, atmospheric, slow burn. I The, the atmosphere, is, it, it takes place during a snowstorm. It's at this all-girls school, but there's a winter break that's been taking place. And there's these two girls who are trapped there over the break for different reasons one of them like that like like different reasons why they're not there why like parents didn't come get them um but they are out there in the middle of this snowstorm in this empty school and it's this movie that just has this mounting dread and you also have a separate plot line of this random girl played by emma roberts who is just traveling somewhere you don't really know where she's going, but she's on a road trip. And then you also have the story of the two girls trapped. And the way the story comes together, the feeling that it creates as it just just burrows into you as you watch it is is so in, like just unnerving. And then by the time it ends, it creates, for me, an incredible subversion of a very well, like, well, well-worn genre. There is a specific subgenre of horror that I won't even like. I won't tell you what it is that this film definitely plays in and is definitely a part of. But the way it subverts it, I think, is genius. And uh, oh shit, I might have to like give somewhat of a of an inkling. But I think it's the best film of its kind since the exorcist okay um okay. like 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 within its, its <laughs> yeah i think that's a subtle hit with its yeah. within its subgenre. genre okay. I, I love what this movie does and, and and it's one of those where 
I don't think as many people love it as much as I do, but it was one that, like, floored me when I watched it. I was like, especially because I watched it after I saw Hereditary, and it was like, holy shit, why aren't people talking about this movie? Because this movie shakes up its genre so, in like, in such an interesting way, and also is just, like, puts you in such a unsettling mood that is just drenched in and just this oppressive environment and it's it's eerie and it's cold i fucking love the black code i have to i have to watch that one really bad (laughs) yeah yeah because that one for me like was the one that like i'm like i i need to throw this in there because it like gave me what i wanted hereditary to give me which was a, a horror film that was different within what genre it was working in um yeah so love it love it love it yeah i have to see yeah. that one yeah you'll have to check it out um i'm ready to hear your number three it's gonna be one we've definitely talked about okay. it's a it's a ghost story so okay yeah yeah i, I can't like fault you there a ghost yeah. story's brilliant i after our podcast i mean obviously after you have time to sit with something mm-hmm. i gave it a nine and that slowly just like it kept creeping back up there yeah and i was like i i gotta give this one a 10 so i you know it, yeah. it's such a powerful movie in the way that it explores death oh definitely obviously we, we've gone pretty fucking deep mm-hmm. in this movie so i don't want to go too long but like every aspect of the movie is done so well i love david lowry's pacing i love the cinematography i love the way that he like explores the afterlife it's just so moody and yeah. it dreadful it, yeah. like i i can't i can't say enough praise about this movie that we haven't already said yeah. before um but i couldn't make the top five without putting it in there yeah i it, likewise about your your praise it's not in my top five i know that was a shocker yeah. but i love it i i think it's it's so good for all those same reasons yeah if you want our, our more detailed thoughts yeah. on a ghost story definitely yeah just watch the episode because we, we yeah. go into it and, uh, and the only real thing that we can add is just that your rating went up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A ghost story is awesome. My number three, I am curious because I'm pretty sure this movie just is, I know you've seen it. Okay. And I think it's nowhere to be found on your list. Okay. Um, Swiss Army Man. Not on my list. Yeah. Not even remotely. Yep. I love Swiss Army Man. Swiss Army Man to me is pure cinematic bliss. I see how people really love Swiss Army Man. I, yeah. I want to let you know, like, before I went and saw Swiss Army mm-hmm. Man, because I saw it in theaters. Yeah. I was so excited to watch Swiss Army Man. Yeah. I just didn't buy into it as much as a lot of people did. Interesting. I, I, it, there's, a, there's a lot to it that's like, you know, it, it is supposed to be weird. It's kind of like uh, Weekend at Bernie's mixed with, like, fucking... Kelvin and Hobbes, yeah. honestly. Like, like, like that's... It, it, it's a very fucked up movie and it's like it's got some like incredible cinematography and some like yeah. super weird stuff uh, yeah. throughout the film but like I, it didn't resonate with me and it didn't I didn't take it I, like I didn't leave the movie going like fuck I need to see that again or like it, it wasn't as it, it wasn't on my brain like I, it, like it so is with yours yeah because for me like I, I think it, it, the, the creativity and imagination on display in the film is just joyous um, I feel like it has to be high up on my list if a movie about a farting corpse can make me cry, and it did. Yeah. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I, I love the movie. Um, it, the acapella score yeah. is 
killer. I, I love that the movie is sort of this like half musical. Yeah. Um, with like these characters sort of singing and transitioning into the musical score of the song, uh, like of the songs in the film. Um, yeah, I think the cinematography is so creative and wacky. Um, it's this film that got this guy who in air quotes is on a deserted island yeah. with this corpse. Um, but it's sort of this whole like celebration of life and just humanity. It, it's a movie that for me, like, yeah, just, it, it absolutely won me over. By, by it's no such a means joyful experience. Do, by no means do I hate this movie. Yeah. It, it's fun. Like, uh, like I had a lot of fun watching this, but it wasn't, it didn't do anything for me enough that was going to put it onto my top uh, top ten honorable mentions, nor my top five. I still like the movie. Yeah. I would recommend this to people because it's it's fucking out there. Yeah, I, I'm a weirdo. The opening scene made me cry. Like, like it was just like one of those where I'm like, this is just wonderful. I'm surprised <laughs> that I didn't think that this would be on your fucking top five. Now that you say it, because yeah. I'm like. Fuck man, this is right. This is like Ryan type of movie, right? Yeah, here. yeah. yeah. I, I I adore Swiss Army Man. Um, so so goofy, so strange. <laughs> I love the ending and sort of the implications of what might actually have been going on. Yeah. in the film, and, and sort of how <laughs> I do like it the is. implication. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's so good. It, it's a movie to me that like just talking about it like gives me the biggest smile i i I love swiss army man i figured it wasn't on your list anywhere yeah it's still Um, fun like like yeah and it's it's an odd one but that that oddity really worked for me is what shines through yeah oh yeah and and it's just cinematic bliss it's so joyful it's a movie that for me at least it's a joyful experience it's weird and creative and fucked up in weird ways at points um but yeah and and also in like the most morbid of ways it's sort of like the closest thing to a calvin and hobbs movie we <laughs> yeah, have kind of yeah um yeah swiss army man number three love it all right we're gonna go into my number two which is gonna be killing of a sacred deer okay wow that that like you you skyrocket that up your list after seeing it i fucking love this movie it's so good uh this movie, like I've said this about other movies, but this is, I'm going to say it in a good way. Like this movie feels like it was ri- like written by aliens, yeah, but in the best way possible mm-hmm. because the, the dialogue is <laughs> methodically so planned out, but also said in such a weird tonal, like, like the, the way that they're talking doesn't sound like how people would actually talk to one another, Yes, which is to make it more unsettling. And then you you take that with like the the soundtrack for it and like yep. it's so creepy yes and and the pacing is like s- so slow but like perfectly so like yeah it, it leads up to the culmination of like what the fuck is going on yes and I, even like in, in the cinematography feels so reminiscent of like The Shining everything yeah. is so symmetrical like yeah. it, like it adds to that like alien feeling of like there's not a human touch anywhere to be found in this like the story is so bizarre I, I love where it goes it was my intro to Barry Keoghan and he's great oh he is fantastic um, creeps me the fuck yes. out dude he's so good I, I loved how, how weird he is the, the monologue while he's eating spaghetti dude is it's so good perfect um, it's so good like Nicole Kill- Kidman fucking kills it uh-huh. Colin Farrell kills it 
Uh, oh, what's his name? Um, the kid from mid nineties, uh, Sonny oh, yeah. Soljak. Yeah. Dude, everyone in the movie plays their role so oh, well, yeah. and and I read like from uh Yorgos, like I, I read that he said that he didn't want the dialogue to be regular because he wanted you to kind of detach from the characters. Yeah. So that later on it wouldn't be as hard for yeah. what is to be done. Uh-huh. Uh This movie. Compared to the lobster, the only reason that I put this in rather than the lobster because I had to pick one because yeah. I, I liked both of them. Um, this movie was fucked up. Oh yeah. Uh, for the next f- couple of days after I saw this movie, I wanted to talk to you about this one mm-hmm. more than any other movie yeah. that I've seen in a while because it left such like a chilling like feeling down my spine. That's so funny because like, I, it's it's a very dark film and I I technically I'll classify it as like it's it's a weird drama but like. I think this movie is so goddamn funny. It is funny, like, too. That's the thing. Well, because, like, even a scene that is, that, like, in a, in a different way, if it was filmed differently, could be unbearably intense, and it's still tense, is is so funny. And, and, I, and I won't, like, detail it, but it involves Colin Farrell spinning around. Yep. Um, that scene is so funny to me. <laughs> There's also one part that I do want to... Say about this movie without. Mm-hmm. This isn't a direct spoiler for the movie. This is just one uh, point of dialogue. Okay. That I think is so odd. If it's the one I'm thinking, it's of. it's probably the one you're thinking of. Um, there's a point in this movie there. Colin Farrell recounts yes. how he jerks yeah. off his. Yeah. He had jerked off his father <laughs> as a child until completion to see if his load was as big as his dad's load. Yeah. And that scene alone had me fucking dying. Oh, that, it, it's so funny because, like, well, and it fits with that thing of, like, made by aliens because he's, in that scene, he's trying to get his son to confess a secret. Yeah. And so he's like, well, let me tell you a secret. And normally it'd be, like, you know, a little, like, small thing. I stole as a child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah. no. And instead, like, he tells him, literally tells his son, like, his deepest, yeah. darkest secret. And it was just so funny. I Yeah, I, I had a feeling you'd bring up that moment because I had it's, to. I it's can't, so good. That, I had to talk about that. That's, like, it's been on my brain. I can't get it out of my brain that that was a part of this yeah, movie. Yeah, it's so funny. Uh, um, this this movie's a 10 for me. Like, I, I love this movie. Yeah, I, I I love it too. I I have it as a nine, maybe like with like a rewatch at some point. Like who knows if it'll go up, but like it feels like a pretty solid nine for me. It's awesome. Like like I'm a huge fan of it. It was an honorable mention. Um, favorite of the Yorgos films I've seen for sure. Um, I, I I love yeah, just the dark weirdness of it all, and the the plot being sort of this morality tale, and the, the it, it does a good job with like some unsettling imagery as things start to take place watching like some of the kids and like people dragging themselves around is like just such like a disturbing image because it's just like it's very off and then this movie like the ending of the movie too yeah it just like propelled it like Uh, yeah the ending is great it shoots it straight up like I could inject this movie into my veins. <laughs> I love this movie so much. It's great. I'm glad that you loved it that much because, like, it's one that I I, I like to recommend to people, but it's also hard to recommend yeah. because it is, like you said, it, it's a fucked up film. But like, I love it. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm a big fan of it overall. I think it's so funny, so dark, and just out there. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah. I, Unlike anything I've seen, yeah, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I can, I can only guess what your number one is. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think there. you know what my yeah, number one is. I think is. I've known what your number yeah, one I was think, for a while. I think but, you should know what my um, number one is. Yeah, um, but let me get to my number two, um, Moonlight. See, I still haven't seen it. I yeah. I've had it on my list for so long, and I just like. Yeah, I was wondering if you were if it was going to be one that you were going to end up watching. I love this movie. It is, it, it is a heartbreaking film. It is a beautiful film. The cinematography is gorgeous. The soundtrack is gorgeous. The pacing is perfect. It's broken into three distinct chapters, and the way each chapter fades into the next is wonderful. It's this brilliant tragedy and portrait of a basically a, a sweet-hearted person who is is gay and in basically like just not the right place, you know. Like yeah, just, not just, the right place in he, time. He's not in the right place in time, and, and and you just see over the course of the film just how you know this type of person who, by all accounts, should flourish. You, you just see what reality does to this person and it's it, it, it's it's a tragic story that is just perfectly executed I, I i think moonlight is an exceptional film um it'll be one that like you'll definitely have to check out especially now like i i it was one where I'm like, oh shit! Like I know it's on your watch list, and I couldn't I, tell you. And the thing is, is I don't get me wrong. Like I did want to watch it, but mm-hmm. like I, it's just like one of those movies that's like I know it's gonna make me really fucking sad. Yes, <laughs> and yeah. and that's one of the things like with with a lot of A twenty four movies. Like I know that they're gonna be fucked up. Yeah. But that one's going to put me in the mood afterwards. Yeah. And yeah. that's usually when I'm a little more apprehensive to watch something. I've got to be in the right mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's a heavy film, but it's it's gorgeously presented. And this, this portrait of this this man's life from a, like age like 11 up to like somewhere in his mid-30s is just incredible. Like from start to finish. Um, but yeah, couldn't tell you any like couldn't recommend it because like i didn't want you to know what like that was on my list um figured it'd probably come as a surprise because it's not as weird as some of the other shit that i like but it's a flawless film so compelling yeah it's so good and uh yeah let's uh i think we should get to your number one i i I mean my number (laughs) one's lighthouse like it's 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 pretty easy to guess that that's my favorite movie from A24. I talk yeah. about it pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe, like, their chemistry together... It's great. ...is fantastic. I love that, like... Because I've seen this in theaters, I've this out of theaters. The dialogue, when you see this in theaters, is so hard to understand. <laughs> because, like... Willem Dafoe's accent is so fucking thick. Yeah. And yeah. then Robert Pattinson's is as well. So it's like when it's fucking pouring rain outside, you have mm-hmm. no clue what the fuck is happening. Yeah. Uh, the the period piece, like it, it's so beautifully done. Like Yeah. Eggers does it like incredibly. Yeah, I, I love that like he filmed it with like an old camera, yeah. an old film. Like so that historical accuracy of the witch, like as we kind of talked about, carries over to this, but also this movie has just it, it, it's willing to be less of a historical piece and start to be more of this portrait of these characters and their descent into complete Dude, madness and that's and that's the thing that i love so much about this movie is like 
the plot is so good. Like, yeah, it's very especially fun. the end of this movie has one of my favorite endings of any movies I've ever watched. It's got a great ending. Um, I I love like an open ended kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I also love like things that are they're calling back to like old like sea shanties and like sea shanties and, and even Greek mythology. Greek mythology, yeah. yeah. Um, but watching these two people devolve into madness as they're like getting sick of being with one another mm-hmm. uh, in the middle of fucking nowhere is just yeah so good. It is so it, good. I, I love how it's shot. Willem Dafoe kills it. Oh yeah, like, like he is. He's something else in this movie. I I love him. He's so funny. Um, Robert Pattinson's fantastic too. But like it's it's hard to like. Outshine Willem Dafoe is just on fire in this film. Yeah, literally, maybe, like probably my favorite role of Willem Dafoe ever. Like uh, he's so good. Uh, it, it's like this role was fucking made for him. It, it's kind of like when I think of Green Goblin, like uh, yeah. Willem Dafoe is the only person that could be that character. That's how yep. this this is. And then like I don't know, man. Just like as I said before, I'm a sucker for a fucking aspect ratio, and it mm-hmm. like. It it works. It, every yeah. part of this works. Yeah, yeah. It, the, the lighthouse is so good, and it's also I gotta stress this. It's very funny too. It's so funny. The, the humor in the movie is, is so good. And, like, and, and some of it can be dark too. But like the seagull scene. The seagull scene's so good, dude. It, it, it's 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 so funny. It, 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 like, yeah, it's fucked up, but like, it's just like the the like just abruptness of how it happens. Like, it yeah. happens so immediate. Um, it's so funny um, yeah there, there's just so many great moments I do like the sea shanty feel the, the lighthouse is great and, and, and it's one that like will probably be one that like who knows maybe it'll go up as I watch more of it but like it, it's it's definitely a, a big honorable mention I, I think it's awesome but yeah yeah no, I, uh, I, I'm i a huge fan of it as well yeah anything that, Ro- uh, that uh, Robert Eggers does I'm yep. going to watch The Northman looks incredible it does and then he's also going to like do Nosferatu yeah I hope that's still happening I'm pretty sure it is because I think that's like his ultimate passion project at least yeah. from what I had listened to on this podcast but this movie's incredible. If you have not seen mm-hmm. this movie, please, for the love of God, go see this movie. It's yeah. free on Amazon Prime, and it is a great watch. Yeah. Like, be oh, yeah. ready to maybe, like, not understand some of the shit, but, like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. The, I love the, the Lighthouse is, like is awesome. That. It is. Yeah, it, it's it's definitely worth a watch. Yeah. I, I also highly, highly recommend it. Um, you ready for my number one? I'm so excited. Do, do you... Do you even remotely have a guess? I have no fucking clue. Okay, I can tell you it's a movie you haven't seen. Okay. It's a movie you need to see. Okay. Um, it's a movie that I feel like no one has seen, and it makes me very sad. Um, okay, now I'm intrigued. My number one A24 film is Waves. Dude, I saw this on Amazon Prime, yeah. and I didn't watch it, but I was curious as to what what it was all about. It, it's, it's my number one. Like It was like right off the bat when I knew we were doing this list. It's like, Waves. Um, I fucking love this movie. Really? Um, it so if you if you're a cinematography junkie, mm-hmm. um, holy hell, this movie is gorgeous. This movie has some of the most insane, stunning cinematography I've ever seen. Um, I know that you, as you just said before, you're a fan of aspect ratios. This movie goes ham with aspect <laughs> ratios. Um, it, like it, it's it, it, the, the aspect ratios are. They're, they're shrinking and growing and going in and out. Interesting. Um, it, it's like, yeah, it, it's a movie that is so, like, visceral. And 
the, the way to, to, to put it, because um, like to, to give you a kind of idea of the plot, it's okay. a movie about a family, specifically about the two teenage kids, the brother and sister. And what the movie essentially does, and what I love about how it's filmed, because like, the cinematography is almost dizzying at points, because um, there's numerous scenes because like, the camera feels like it's this floating thing that is spinning and whipping around and in the soundtrack i know that like like the music that you're a fan of i know you like a lot of rap hip hop oh yeah and this is like got like a decked out soundtrack and what the movie essentially does is it puts you in the headspace of being a teenager again in the most like uncomfortable way possible like because it just puts you right back into that feeling of like when you are like intensely filled with hormones and everything is just the most intense feeling in the world and when like shit gets uncomfortable it is like the most urgent like like just like holy fuck kind of feeling ever like i gotta take care of this like, 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 i, I to gotta take this. care of this if something upsets you it's like the biggest moment ever and the way the film just emphasizes those emotions it puts you back into a headspace that you like never want to be in again um that like every like kid growing up has felt these feelings because their feelings are just heightened in that that, that point in their lives and this movie portrays that with just intense cinematography a booming soundtrack and the plot of it fucking pulverizes you really It, it is a movie where like like it, and this is not a, a criticism. Sometimes it can be, but this is not a criticism for this movie because it makes sense. This movie feels long. It's not a short movie. It's like two hours, 20 minutes. It's not short, but it feels long. And it's because, especially like, without giving much away, like the first half in particular is so fucking tense and visceral. Like, it's just like, it is such an exhilarating experience. And so much is like just being just... Like, you're just so, like, almost overstimulated by the feelings it's creating that, like, by the time you reach, like, the halfway point, you're like, I'm, I'm broken. Lighten like, up like, at like, this you, point. Like, like, chill out. Like, you have, like, just, like, 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 you have put me in this zone for so long that, like, by the time you reach it, it's like the movie, like, has just completely flattened you. Like, like you're drained. You are just exhausted. And, and then, like, you have a second half that like basically sort of nurses you back to health. <laughs> um, it's it's such a powerful experience. I love Waves. I, I think that the way that movie is put together is just something else. I'm glad I've and, at least heard of it. Yeah, I saw like the yeah. I, I saw I watched the trailer for it and was curious. Yeah, yeah. So I I love the movie. I like absolutely adore it. Um, some things I'll point out because it's interesting because. There's some people that have strangely polarizing feelings towards this film. Um, namely, and I'll point it out on this podcast because I think it's it's better to discuss it now and kind of have that precursor in mind. People have criticized the movie because it's it's about a black family and it was written and directed by a white man. And so people were like, you don't know anything about this experience. Well, the actor that plays the son is very close with the director and the director actually came to him and basically said that you could play the, you could you, you, like basically you could play the son of this family or you could pay, play as the boyfriend of the sister, and he picked to play the son, so they made the family black, and the black experience stuff that the film talks about 
is pulled from that actor's life. So, so it's just something that I felt like I should point out because it's a film that gets criticized because it's like a white man shouldn't be talking about the black experience. But the actors that are in these roles were the ones providing okay. this input. So I, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing when it was like, this was a character that was picked by this actor who so then incorporated his real It makes life. it feel like it's disingenuous, but it's actually not disingenuous Not at, at all. all. Yeah, not at all. It was like those incorporations were coming from the actors. Kelvin Harrison Jr. And, and the, the things that like the dad says to him, who's played by Sterling K. Brown and he crushes it, the things that his dad is saying to him and, and like sort of the the pressure that he's putting on him is something that he has talked about in interviews that he put into the movie and that he wanted in the movie from his own personal okay. life. So I think it's an interesting thing that like the movie gets criticized for that when it felt like a collaborative piece in, in a lot of ways with the actors pulling from their personal experiences and allowing it to be incorporated into the plot. Um, like, But it's something I felt the need to bring up because people have a very strange like sort of weird perception on it perception on what the movie's doing and, and really it's it, it's a film that i think is quite beautiful in the way it allows like all these people to incorporate parts, parts of their, of their, own, their experiences own experiences into it um and yeah what an experience like the 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 movie is crazy colorful the, the use of cinematography is in, insane the aspect ratios the way that those are used is perfect um like as the movie goes along like intention starts to rise you'll just and it's like almost like subconsciously you'll start to realize that a movie that had no black bars is starting to gain some oh okay yeah i kind of like that yeah yes yeah. so like as it's going along you start to realize that like the screen is getting smaller okay um it's really cool uh highly highly recommend it absolutely love the movie um but that is my number one all right there we go we did well, it. we did it yeah. yeah how how long did that track where are we at now like what, like an hour plus we're, we're over an hour and a half at this point yeah. um yeah yeah um made sense this was going to be a longer episode because we just got a lot to get through yeah there's so many good a24 movies and like oh, yeah. obviously like so many left off like i i love I love this production company. Oh, yeah. A24 is awesome. Yeah, there's a lot that we didn't get the chance to discuss that I still think are great films. I also, like, another one that could have been interchanged with Last Black Man for me was Lady Bird. I think Lady Bird's great. Um, so, yeah, like, lots of great films. If, if you haven't heard or seen any of these, definitely check them out. Um, yeah, they, they, they do great stuff. I'm always excited to see what else they'll put out. And... Uh, you ready for the, no, I'm the next so excited to hear what the next episode is. Yeah, yeah. So let's do this next episode. We're going back to our usual format. Um, and I was constantly flip-flopping with different ideas. Um, but my most recent inspiration was currently as recording, like, Spider-Man, No Way Home is out. It has broken box office records, like, made, like, a billion dollars in, like, 11 days. It's crushing it. And I figured this is no better time than now to talk about some comic book movies okay so so we're going to talk about some comic book movies where we will be discussing american splendor and persopolis 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 i've never heard of yeah, that so movie. persopolis and american splendor that is the comic book films we will be talking about um in case you haven't realized these are 
probably not the type of comic book movies you would expect. Yeah, no, definitely not, but um, I figured they'd be a little more different. Yep, so we will be talking oh. about some comic book movies that are not superhero movies. I have seen American Splendor. Okay, cool. I, I wasn't sure if you had seen it. A good Paul GMI. It is, yeah. I, I'm excited to watch it again because I, uh, I haven't seen it in a minute, but yeah, it, it'll be a fun one. And then, yeah, Persopolis is one that's been on my watch list for a minute. And uh, also notable because it's the first animated movie we'll be talking about. I'm excited. Yeah, this will be cool. Cool. Right on. So if you don't want to be spoiled for American Splendor and Persopolis, make sure to watch them before the next episode. I know American Splendor is on HBO Max. Sick. Uh, Persopolis, I am not sure. It might be, I think, if I can remember, I think it's actually a, a rent, like a cheap rental on Amazon, from what I can recall. Hmm. Um, but... Either way, you don't want to have those movies spoiled for you. Check them out before the next episode. And we will see you next time. Bye. Bye, everyone.